internet or, or just to get together with church. Um, and I can say that the thing that has brought me closest to Jesus has been the church. Um, but at times, the thing that has pushed me farther away from Jesus than anything else has also been the church. And, and so, I want us to ask, how, I mean, how can this be? How do, we, how do we hold both of these things? The church is this amazing thing that, that, that displays Jesus, that brings us closer to Jesus, but at times, the, that it does the opposite. And maybe it doesn't display Jesus. What do we do with that? Um, and and if, we're, if I'm honest with you guys, sometimes... I can feel more connected to God when I'm not with the church. Because I know times in my life when I've been hiking by myself and I've been in the mountains in solitude and I feel a closeness to God. And there's times when, when I serve with people who, who may or, or aren't followers of Jesus when I feel close to God and I see God move in those situations. And so what's, what's the deal with church? I mean, what, 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 what is this? And, and that's the question we're going to ask really throughout June. Just why church? I mean, what's, what's the point of this? And that's where we're going to start. We're going to start today of like, this is what God says about the church and why the church exists. And so we're going to look through that. We're going to ask some questions like, why, why do we gather together? I mean, Sunday evening, let's all get together in a building and sweat together, and that's supposed to be good for us. Um, and, and so we're going to ask these questions, really, like, what's, what's the point? Why church? And so um, tonight, if you have scripture with you, um, we're going to kind of do an overview. We're going to go to some different places in the New Testament where, where um, the writers of the New Testament talk about what the church is. And so we want to kind of get a foundation of saying, this is, this is why church. Um, and, and then maybe we'll get into some of those other questions in the following weeks uh, of, look, why do we do certain things we do? Or why is it important that we do certain things we do? Because this thing, this thing about church, I, I love um, one of the things that Shane Claiborne says about the church um, in his great East Tennessee kind of metaphor is that the church is, is kind of like Noah's Ark, because sometimes it really stinks, but if you get out, you, you'll drown. And so there's good parts about this church. And so I want us to see um, why, why we do this thing called church, and what that benefits, how it benefits us, but also how it benefits the world, and, and how this is part of God's plan for the world. And so um, if you have a copy of scripture, open with me to Ephesians 3, in verse 10. Ephesians 3, verse 10, this is Paul talking, and he says this, he says, His intent was that now, through the church, that the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, there's a, there's a lot of big words in there. So when we talk about the manifold wisdom of God, he's basically saying, listen, this is how we know what God's plan is. Everything about God's wisdom, everything that God's doing in the world this is how we know what it is. And what Paul is saying is the reason and how we know and God's plan for how we know what God's doing is through the church. And so we ask, like, why church? Like, what's the point of church? You see, the first thing is that, is that we, we make known what God is doing through Jesus, which assumes that God is doing something through Jesus and, and doing something in the world through Jesus. So it's the whole universe. That's when it says the, the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Listen, this is talking universe-wide, that the universe might know what God is doing. And the vehicle for this is the church. 
And so if we want to know good news, if we want to know about kind of a new humanity that, that God's creating, a new way to be human, if you want to know um, uh, about this kingdom of God, what is breaking in, about this new creation, then what it's saying is that we should be looking at the church. That who we are together, how we live together, then this should be displaying what God is doing in the world with the way we live together. So I want you to hear more what God says about the church. Turn over to 1 Peter 2.9. Because it gets a little, little, a little more specific. He says, listen, if you want to know what God's doing in the world, you look at the church, and we're saying, hold, hold on, really? That's what God's doing? But he goes a little more specific here. He says, listen, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You see, he, he calls these people that, that, that he, he brings together, he calls them a, a royal priesthood, their own nation, their own people group. And we see that our job, now see the job of the priests, now we don't think of priests a whole lot, but the job of the priest was twofold. One thing, it was to, to bring people before God, but it was also to display God to people. And so here he's calling his people, he's calling the church, this royal priesthood, that our job as priests is to show God to the world. But let's be honest, um, we don't always do a great job of that. And um, a lot of times we think about that as an individual thing that I have to do. And we think of it, that, but this isn't an individual job. You see, the story of Scripture, the story of the Bible is about God creating a people group that gives glory to God in the way they live, in the way they create, in the way they, they shape their community. Um, and when I say they shape their community, it's not about, you know, posting Ten Commandments on a wall somewhere. It's about actually living out those commandments and loving people. So the community responds to this love and understands who God is because of that love. And so the Bible is about creating a people group that gives glory to God, but at the same time we look at our culture in America is all about individuals, that they're isolated, that it's about bringing glory to themselves, it's about my family, it's about my stuff, it's about what, what I can do for me. And then you, you contrast that and you see that um, the Bible is about a people and about community. So if America is all about individuals, and then we marry the Bible, which is about creating a people group that gives glory to God and the individual, that's, hey, this is all about me, then what we do is we have this idea that, all right, so what church is about is about me coming to Christ for me, for what Christ can do for me, for what the church can do for me. And, and honestly, I'll be honest, yes. That's what I just said, all right? So apparently we're about honesty today. Um, I, I've done this a lot of times when I've preached, when I've taught Scripture. And I've taken things that are supposed to be about, about community, about people, and I've made it about, about individuals. And we have this wrong, and so what happens is we preach to the individual person, and we say, hey, you, you are a light to the world. And I'll be like, all right, you, hey, Sarah, you are a light to the world, that people might see what you do and glorify God. Um, but the thing is, that's not exactly what Scripture says, because the you there is not singular. He's, he's talking, Jesus is talking to a people there. He's talking to, to a group of people. And he's saying it's not you, he's saying, saying you, collectively, you're a light to the world. And so... 
I've advocated forever for a Southern Bible um, to say, all right, y'all, y'all are the right of the world. But you know what? That doesn't even work. Because um, I was at the grocery the other day, and I was picking up some things, and I was by myself, and, and, the, bag, and the person uh, that had the grocery bags, they're like, y'all need some help to the car. I'm like, y'all, it's just me. You know, or you go to a restaurant, especially barbecue places, it's like, y'all fixing to eat? I'm like, it's just me. So really, at least not even just y'all, it's all y'all. That's, that's the best way to say this, all right? When we talk about Scripture, many of these things we think that are, that are individual, that are just, that are singular, are actually very communal. It's about many people, so it's not just you, your relationship with God. It's not just you, that you are forgiven. It's not just what God can do for you, but it's what God is doing through all y'all in the world. But we think about this we, so collectively. Uh, just for example, look over at 1 Corinthians. I, I know I said we were done with 1 Corinthians for a while, but 1 Corinthians 3, all right? It says this, this is verse 16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And so if you've grown up in a church, you've probably heard this phrase that you are a temple, that your body is God's temple, and so you should treat it carefully and, and, and treat it well. But if you look at the context of this phase, and he talks about that a little bit later as an individual context, but here he's saying you yourselves, this is talking about a group of people that all y'all, those folks that are in Christ, this, this community, that you are a temple as a group. And how, the way this works is, is First John, it says it this way. It says, he says, listen, no one's ever seen God, but if we love one another, that God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. He's saying, listen, y'all, y'all are a temple. Y'all, as, as y'all love, while we can't see God, that we, while we don't see God, we actually see the manifestation of who God is. That no one is seeing God, but if we love one another, somehow there is a physical manifestation of God on earth. That happens in a group. You see, in, in the Old Testament times, um, if, if you wanted to see the presence of God on earth, what would you do? Where would you go? There's a big fan on. I can't. Don't. Huh? And yes. No, if you want to see the presence of God, you go to the temple. Awesome. Thanks for playing. You win. Miss your Jeopardy tonight. All right. Yes, you go to the temple. Because there is the Holy of Holies. You know, you go to be in the presence of God. And so there we go to a physical place. You get to see who God is. You see within the symbolism of the temple, the grandeur of God, the mercy of God, um, the love of God, um, Everything, you get to see God. You, the presence of God was there. And so now we turn here to what Paul is saying. And he says, y'all, all y'all, that y'all are the temple. That the way you love one another actually shows and manifests the presence of God. So if people want to see the presence of God, it's not about a building it's about a people who are living, loving one another, loving their community. That in that, that we see the presence of God. You see, the Bible is not about the individual, but, but we think about it that way, though. We think about, hey, this is about, about my sin, about my forgiveness, about my relationship with God. 
and that's it. But it's so much more than that. The story of the Bible is so much larger than that, and we can settle for this, this small story that's just about, about me and ourself, where we can step into this larger story of what God is doing in the world. And almost sometimes in the church, sometimes it's, when we make it all about ourselves, it's, it's like we're playing the game of blackjack. All right, now I, I know y'all have never played blackjack, of course, because y'all are good people now. Um, but just imagine, maybe you've seen it in a movie or something. But if you're playing blackjack, all right? The entire game, it, it's just about you and the dealer, all right? The dealer hands you some cards, and the whole thing is about the relationship of your cards to the dealer cards. It doesn't matter, and honestly, you don't care what's happening to other people at the table, do you? It doesn't matter to the person next to you. Oh, they got blackjack, great. Who cares? What am I doing? All right? It's just about you and the dealer. And sometimes, this is how we approach our faith. It's just me, me and God my relationship, without any understanding of what's going around me, about what's happening to the person next to me. And we say that, all right, that this, if I, if I see faith that it's just me, me, and this dealer, all that matters is my relationship with what I have versus what they have. Do I win? But you see, when we actually look at the church and what the church is called to be, it's not called to be just a bunch of individual people sitting next to each other at a table or in a row, thinking about just their relationship with God, but it's this community that displays God to the world. Um, so think of it this way, and um, I'll be honest, I'm robbing this, this, uh, this illustration from somebody that I actually went to seminary with, but it was good, and it stayed with me, and so we're going to use it, all right? Um, but think about this. Think if you got a present that was ice skates, all right? And you're like, we live in the South. <laughs> Thanks. But what you do, you get the ice skates, and you go put it on, and you'll go to the ice skate rink, right? And, and so you, you go skate around in circles by yourself, and you're like, oh, this is fun. I'm so glad I got ice skates that, that I can go look, and I can skate. I can have fun by myself at this ice skating rink. You know, sometimes you might even go to, like, the group skates, and then there you are skating in kind of the same direction as everyone else, but you're still just having fun by yourself. And, and you go back to the person who gave you the gift, and you say, thank you so much for the skates. They've meant a lot to me. I've had so much fun. It's really enriched my life. It's been awesome. Um, but then they say, no, well, well, that's great. I'm glad about that. I mean, skates are fun. But see, I, I gave them to you because I, I'm starting a hockey team. And, and I want you to be on that team with me, and we're going to go, we're going to join the NHL, and um, we'll have a new team that compete with Las Vegas and stuff. Um, and, and, but I gave you these skates because we're putting a team together. And it's going to be amazing, and you need to be on that team with me. See, the purpose of this gift was that you get to be on the hockey team. And I want you on your team. And it's not just about you having fun. And, and you might be thinking to yourself, okay, well, I thought those skates were for me, but now you're telling me I'm part of a team and, and we have something to do? Is it going to be practice? Is it going to be hard? But that's that gift to say, no, that, that it's not just about individual enjoyment or individual benefit, but now you're part of this team. That's something to do. And it's an amazing team that's going to take on the entire league. And so we have to see that, that as we look, one of the reasons for church is that we're meant, we're on a team together, 
meant to do something together. As we saw from that first scripture that we're supposed to display who God is and what God is doing. We're supposed to display God by who we are at the church. And the thing is, we, we can't display God by yourself. I mean, honestly, the most you can do by yourself is talk about God. You know what this? Like, like, you can talk about God by yourself, but you can't display God by yourself. Think, think, think about it this way. How do you f- display God's forgiveness by yourself? I mean, you, you, can't, you can't do it. I mean, you can't. But, but if, if you forgive and as you live in community with people, and listen, if you live in community with people, man, they're going to do you wrong. It's human nature. It happens. But if you take that in stride, you forgive people, you pursue people in love, then that's a different way of living. And you actually get to display forgiveness. And, and then someone will say, hey, hey, how, they did you pretty wrong. How do you, how do you forgive that situation? I mean, who, who does that? Who actually forgives when they've been wrong? Then you can be like, um, well, I know somebody who's forgiving. Let's talk about that. Or, or if, if, let's say, let's say Amanda starts, starts spreading vicious rumors about me, all right? Um, bad-mouthing me to everyone around her, all right? Just a hypothetical now. <laughs> and, and someone says, man, they have done you wrong, but, but yet you're still trying to be friends. You're still pursuing them out of love? I mean, who does that? And then we kind of say, like, well, I know a guy who pursues people even though they've sinned against them out of love. You see, we can't, we can't demonstrate who God is by ourselves. It involves other people. Otherwise, the most we can do is just talk about it. Listen, this is, this is why justice is never a secondary concern of the church. As we look around and we see that racial justice, economic justice, they're, they're never secondary to God's people. Because if we're supposed to display the manifold wisdom of God, if we're supposed to display the kingdom of God, that involves how we treat others, how we stand up for others. See, it's not, it's not an, an extra tack-on that we add to the gospel. Or it's not this extra thing we do as the church, but it's part of who we're called to be as the church. Listen, there's, there's a, a lot of talk if you're on the Twitters, um, which that's just a fun place to be sometimes. Um, there's a lot of talk about how like, social justice is something that's different and separate and apart from the gospel. But if the church is to be the witness of the power of God and the kingdom of God in our midst, then it's a witness. It's, it's, it's declaring the restorative power of God in ourselves and in our communities. And if we are trying to display that, then we're going to be working. We're going to be engaging in those justice efforts. It's not a, it's not a one thing or the other. It's, yes, we see lives transformed. We see lives um, becoming whole because they find forgiveness and acceptance in God through Jesus. And we see communities transformed because those transformed lives can't say, well, that's good for me, but that's not good for you. That we, that we display the kingdom of God in everything. When we seek justice, when we love one another, when we are peacemakers, when we're the embodiment of the kingdom of God here, then 
that now people are, are seeing God and they're not just hearing somebody talk about God. So we see that the point of the church, we always ask why church? We started out tonight just asking, like, here, this is what church is. This is what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a community of people that displays the power of the kingdom of God. That invites people in, that sees people and says, you know what, there is brokenness. We want wholeness for every person, and we know that that's found in this Jesus. And so, so there's an invitation in that. There's an invitation in, in church. There's an invitation to be part of the church as, as a capital C. And what I mean by capital C versus small C church, when I say church capital C, I mean anyone who follows Jesus anywhere, anytime, period. There's an invitation into that church to be part of the church, to be part of this people that God is forming to change the world. That involves repentance and receiving forgiveness and, and, and deciding to follow this Jesus. That it brings an, an invitation into this family. There's also in this, when we ask why church, yes, there's an invitation to the Big C Church. There's also an invitation to, to, to this church to be part of, of Missio. As we seek to love each other well, as we seek to find our place and our purpose in the mission of God, um, that people might see how we live together and how we love together and how we glorify God, that, that we might see ourselves changed, that we might see our community changed. Because we're a people founded on love, displaying the glory of God and displaying His praises and everything. Listen, if you're here tonight and you're asking, like, well, why church? I mean, I got kind of drug here. Because um, I like the person they wanted to go. Um, or, or maybe you've been coming for a while and you're saying, you know what? I've done this my entire life. I have no idea why. Um, I want you to know there's an invitation to be part of something bigger than yourself within this church. There's an invitation to wholeness. There's an invitation to forgiveness. There's an invitation to, to, to be who God created you to be by following Jesus. And then as people do that together, and people display the manifold wisdom of God in everything, then we begin to see the kingdom of God break in. And we begin to see our communities change. We begin to see people who, the question of why church has never even been thought of, begin to see God and to see how that's working out rather than just hearing about God. So my prayer for us tonight is that we're a people who love well, who forgive well, who invite well so that people might see God and how we live together. To quote Jeff Sublett, that, that we don't just talk about it, we be about it. That we might display the incredible riches of who he is. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for, for church. It's something we don't really, really thank you about Thank you for very often. But thank you for, for this community. Thank you for people who love you. Thank you for people who, who love each other, who stand beside each other, who lift each other up, who, who help carry each other's burdens, who, who don't define neighbor by people that I can get something out of, but, but anyone who is near me. And so, God, I pray that we can, we can love you well 
and how we love each other. That as we ask the question of why, church, the, that you move us to, to be the answer to that. To why, church, because people together, loving each other and loving our community changes the world. The people together, loving each other and loving the community, show you to people so that they might know your love, that they might know a relationship with you, God. And so, God, I pray that we're a people that so display your love, that so encounter your love amongst each other that the answer to the question of why church is evident. We thank you for the love you give us. Amen. We, um, we want to respond as we do each week by, by receiving communion.